Driving through these old Roman hills To the closest place to heaven I know Heading north through Kentucky To the only place I'll ever call home Hey guys, and welcome to the first ever Small Acre Hunting Podcast. I guess I could say I'm your host, Ty Miller. Most of you guys know me via the website, via Facebook, via the old blog, whatever it might be that brought you today to listen to this. Uh, I have no idea where this is going to go. However, today what we're going to talk about, I guess for the next uh, however many minutes, is the aspect of just how amazing and and how different hunting can be for every single person. Um, I'm nothing special. Uh, I say that probably to ad nauseum for some of you sometimes. Um, and I still kind of have to pinch myself that there's people out there that even find it, uh, worthwhile to sit there and listen to me. And you're listening to me now as well. I'm nothing special. Uh, there are probably hundreds of hunters, even within my own state that know more and have been hunting longer than me. And in, in the grand scheme of things, I'm a rather young hunter. Um, just turned 31 this past April and uh, I've got a lot of hunting in front of me, hopefully, you know, Lord willing, he continues to bless me with good health and the ability to hit the woods every fall. However, one thing has come up uh, multiple times is the fact that uh, it's amazing to me the amount of times that I'll be browsing throughout social media and things of that nature, and I'll come across somebody sharing a picture of a deer. And obviously this person is extremely excited, extremely happy, extremely proud of the deer that is in the photo. You know, it might be a doe, it might be a young buck, it could be a booner, um, whatever it might be, you know, they're looking for just that, I guess, social media, uh, thank you or, or, or like, or congrats, you know, things of that nature, you know, they're extremely proud and they're sharing that. And without, without fail, it seems like every single time a discussion is, is, is brought up or people start ridiculing the hunter. Um, you see it a lot, especially in, what they would feel are smaller deer, what they feel are not trophy white-tailed deer. And it it's gotten to the point where I myself even struggle at times going in to these social media threads, if you will, and, and trying to defend the aspect of the fact hunting, one of the greatest things about hunting is the fact that it does not care who you are, where you are, what you're uh, commitment level or investment into hunting is, it's still something that you yourself can enjoy, however that means to you. You know, I know many guys that hunting to them is spending time with the family a couple weekends out of the year, you know, throwing a gun over their shoulder and, and seeing what happens. And they're com- perfectly content with whether it be a spike buck, four corn buck, or a booner that walks up, they're still going to shoot it. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that in the conversation of, of the grand scheme of hunting. Um, you know, you can always have the discussion, is it, is it proper herd management to kill nothing but young bucks? Is it, is it proper conservation to go out there and kill multiple deer if your herd's herding? No, and th- but those are side discussions. When it all boils down to it, let's be brutally honest and, and admit to ourselves that if you are a law-abiding, game-hunting hunter, no matter what it might be, you're my brother or you're my sister in this grand scheme of things. And as long as you stay legal and you harvest animals the right way, 
And when I say right way, I don't mean it's, it has nothing to do with the weapon of choice or anything like that. I mean you're not trespassing, you're not poaching, you're not flirting the edge of, of legal. I'm going to defend you because in the end, you're another prime example of what makes hunting the amazing sport that it is. You know, I don't shoot small bucks in my opinion. However, I have friends even that follow small acre hunting. I have friends that are outside of, of small acre hunting that I've known for years that, you know, they live in Kansas, uh, Minnesota, uh, Illinois, Ohio, Wisconsin. They shoot bucks that, in their opinion, are much bigger than mine. And they feel I shoot young deer. And I, I'm not going to argue against that. I know I've shot a couple two-and-a-half-year-olds in my lifetime. If a buck gets up around 120, it becomes extremely hard for me to pass up. Now, I have. I have passed up a couple 120s. Um, but in my part of the country, and on every property I hunt except for one, I don't have bucks that break 140 on a yearly basis, 150 on a yearly basis. I don't have that ability. I don't, I don't have that. Um, and there are people out there that hunt worse places than me, and I use the term worse, but what I'm trying to say is they hunt areas that have even less uh, mature deer than I do. And everything is situational. You know, you can't ridicule a kid who maybe it's only his, it could be his very first buck. And I tell you what, that is a huge accomplishment, and that alone should be congratulated. You know, you can have the discussion at the right time with that child or that hunter as they mature and they begin to ask more questions and they're seeking the advice of, of, of more seasoned hunters or maybe their father or their grandfather. And you can start to have that discussion of, well, maybe we need to think about only harvesting older deer. And maybe that means letting all the yearlings pass. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean going straight from only shooting yearlings or shooting anything to now I'm only going to shoot a five and a half year old deer. I think a lot of times we ourselves as hunters out there are doing more damage to the industry in the way that we talk about hunting, the way we uh, kind of put this this uh, cloud, if you will, over hunting in that if you don't hunt how I do or you don't have the same ideas as me or you don't shoot only massive bucks, you're doing it wrong. Well, that's just simply not the case. And, you know, I have a motto that I'm going to hunt the top 15, 25% of the bucks in my properties. And that changes from property to property within the same county. Really good example. The buck I shot last year splits. Um, for those of you who don't know, last year around March, I bought a little bit over 22 acres. I call it the new 22. Um, it seems small to a lot of people, but it seems huge to me. I've never owned dirt myself outside of my, like, you know, half acre lot here that my house sits on and I shot a buck off of it last year on that property there was three deer I was interested in um, probably a 140 plus maybe flirting with he was probably over 150 gross um, he was a five by five named uh, Big Dave then there was Gary who was a non-typical that had a had a, about an eight inch tine that just came in on a 45 degree angle off of his right main beam it's either yeah right main beam then there was splits Splits was a basic eight-pointer, four-by-four, but his G2 split and had three-inch splits on the tips of them. Really cool-looking buck, and I put all three of them on the hit list. I wasn't sure what I would do when I saw splits, to be honest with you. Um, all three of those deer, arguably maybe Big Dave, would not even have made 
my hit list at the Swamp property. The Swamp property has a lot higher uh, potential, a lot more mature deer. And I say that because I'm a realist. I'm not guaranteed anything every single year when I hit the woods. Um, so the Swamp Properties hit list might have three or four bucks that are all over 140. And over there, if a 120 walks out, it's going to be very easy to pass that deer because I'm hunting the top 15 to 25% of the deer in that area. And I'm not going to sacrifice that there. Now, the very next day, I could be at the new 22 and the number one buck walks out and he wouldn't even be number three at the Swamp Property, but I'm going to shoot him. Because in that area, he is top dog. And that's how I enter it. You know, I, I'm, I'm a very realistic hunter. I'm not going to try to hunt what's not there. I enjoy hunting way too much to go out there and be like, I'm only shooting a 160 inch when really I only have one property that I only have during bow season that I can't over hunt and I don't want to ruin it. I'm not going to limit myself to something that's basically not going to happen. Now, I have no doubt if I hang on to that property in the coming years, at some point in the next five to ten years, I'm probably going to shoot a booner out there. Um, now, I probably just jinxed myself, and it's not going to happen. However, that is there is that potential. I have no doubt in the coming years I will at least see and have an opportunity at one of the big boys out there. Uh, last year, there was a buck, my number one out there. He grossed, He got shot, and he grossed over 185. So there is those possibilities. And I say that all because I think we get so wrapped up in this what he thinks or she thinks or somebody else thinks that we forget that hunting is a personal sport. You are the only person that is squeezing your release on your bow or the trigger on your gun. Or I guess I could say trigger on your crossbow. You're the only person doing that. Nobody else is telling you to do that at that time. Now, granted, some of you might lease or hunt on a property that has minimum restrictions, but you made that choice to join that club or to hunt that property or go to that outfitter that has those minimums. You made that choice. This is not a sport where it should matter what Joe, your neighbor, thinks, Uncle John thinks, or the guy up in Minnesota or out in Kansas that happens to share a forum with you that feels that you're you're wasting time shooting the deer that you are. You know, I have friends that I know would not shoot any of the bucks that I have on my wall. Even my nine and a half year old buck that just scored under 140, I know they wouldn't even have shot that deer, even with the age factor. Because they are all about they don't, they don't, you know, story doesn't even really matter to them much. They just want a big buck, and they're, and that's all they want to shoot. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Where it becomes wrong is when you begin to belittle or talk down to or, or think you're better than somebody else just because they have a different view on hunting. Um, so it's one of those things where I think we really have to be cognizant of of how we're approaching those discussions and, and what we're saying and what we're doing. Um, you know, I'm never going to pretend like I'm some big, massive, mature buck, uh, tactical guy who, who, who knows it all and, and, and only kills, uh, you know, the cream de la cream of, or the creme de la creme of, of, of deer. Cause I know I don't, you know, even in Indiana, I know guys that have much better property that are worse hunters than me, but they kill booners, Every other year, it seems like. It happens. 
And I know other guys that are better hunters than me that consistently find a way to harvest 140s, 150s, 160s, and even a couple booners in their lifetime. Everything is so situational. I think this whole comparing game that we play has got to end and it's got to stop at some point because all it's doing is hurting the industry. Um, it's becoming such a... Uh, I'm trying to think of a polite way to put this. Um, it's just become a comparison game. How big are you? Well, I'm bigger. Essentially, that's what it, that's what it's boiled down to. And it, it's gotten to the point where I, I'm mildly disgusted by... By even some of the people that I would say are acquaintances or friends of mine, that they they even have that that kind of vein in them sometimes that'll pop up. Um, hunting is a very personal thing, and you can't tell another person as long as they're doing it legally and uh, with a conservation type mind um, that what they're doing or their approach to hunting is is just flat out wrong. And you know, it is what it is. Um, and I know what some of you guys are going to be thinking. What about the people that over-harvest and yet still act within their legal means? Well, if they're over-harvesting their localized herd numbers, that's a whole different... And that's why I kind of threw in that little caveat on it. You know, not only do you have to be legal, you have to be acting with a conservation mind. Um, hunters, by nature, should be care, sh- should be very adamant in the protection and the conservation of the resource that they're hunting. Um you should never take out more than it can handle. And if you don't want to take the time to figure that out, you shouldn't be out in the woods hunting. Um, and I think that's one of the aspects that sometimes trophy hunting in a certain area can actually begin to cause negative aspects of it to where some of these guys, they won't even shoot does. They only care about shooting a buck, and they don't even care about the overall herd health, and they ignore harvesting of does. And then there's other people that they'll go out and harvest, and if they're allowed, they're going to harvest eight deer even if their localized numbers can't sustain that. Um, so I'll give you that. I'll give you that just because you are acting within the legal parameters of your game laws in your state or your area, it doesn't necessarily uh, mean that you're a hunter that I'm going to defend your actions, uh, like I said earlier in the podcast. However, it's a good start. You know, If you're acting within your legal means, it's a good start to me at least being willing to uh, defend you um, before we get into, you know, those special circumstances, but, uh, bottom line is I just think anybody listening this, anybody listening to this podcast needs to realize that at some point you're going to, you're, you're going to most likely come across a hunter, whether it be at the local uh, feed store, sporting goods store, online forum that has a different view than you on hunting. But what you say could directly impact him, her, or somebody else reading it. And who are you to attempt to restructure somebody else's hunting joy, essentially? Um, you know, I think of I think of a uh, Mark Kenyon from Wired to Hunt. Amazing podcast, amazing guy. He grew up in Michigan. He understands how hard it is, similar to me, to put down just massive bucks. But he's never tried to, to restructure anybody else's opinion. He tries to just put knowledge out there. He tries to just talk about hunting. Um, and I think that's kind of what I've been trying to do for years as well. You know, I'm not trying to restructure anybody's thoughts. I'm not trying to make anybody think that I'm this amazing hunter or something like that. 
I've just merely wanted to share, discuss. I love I love hunting and I love just talking about it. I love sharing what I do and leave it at that. And I think that's the important thing for us all to realize is dialogue's a good thing, ridicule is a terrible thing. I think that's actually where I'm going to leave this conversation off. And I'm going to wrap this up with simply reminding each and every one of you guys listening that the day the day that how you hit the woods and how you decide whether you're going to squeeze a trigger or release an arrow is determined by other people and not yourself is the day you need to stop hunting. It can be influenced. You can learn from. And there's many, I mean, there's just, there's an innumerable amount of benefits to to reading other people's opinions, to researching, watching everybody that hunts and, and digesting all of that. However, in the end, if, if how you hunt and how you make the determination or what you decide while on the tree has more to do with what somebody else's think somebody else thinks than how you think you need to climb down out of that tree sell all of your hunting stuff and give it up because you've missed the entire reason uh, for hunting you you've missed the entire point of it and you'll never get out of it what I think you should this is Ty God bless and good luck out there driving through the old rolling hills to the closest place to heaven I know heading over through Kentucky to the only place I'll ever call home I'm in the bluegrass